Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Wednesday, December 27th. Happy Make Cutout Snowflakes Day. Y'all ever do that? Fold up paper in like semi-random sections and cut little chunks out so when you unfold it, it looks marginally like a snowflake? Me too, in kindergarten. You know the Japanese art of making frogs and cranes and such out of folded paper? What they call origami? Well, if you cut it up after you fold it, it's called kirigami. And usually, in kindergarten, we did it before Christmas, as part of making decorations, alongside the popcorn garland and spray-painted pinecone ornaments. So putting this holiday after Christmas seems like a swing and a miss. But I suspect today is less about love for the Japanese art of paper folding than it is about keeping the kids entertained. Cause long about this time yesterday is when they got tired of playing with their five grand worth of new toys, for which you went into debt just so Santa could get the credit, and started complaining again about being bored. So I guess that's why today is also Visit the Zoo Day. Cause setting the kids loose in the petting zoo and letting them feed the sheep will keep them busy for at least a while, till one of the goats eats their shoelaces and they come crying back to you. We got a pretty good zoo here in Gulf Breeze. We call it the Gulf Breeze Zoo. Never said we were terribly creative, but it does got a bunch of weird animals, like tigers and lions, several gorillas, and giraffes you can see from the highway. We just got a hippo, so we got that going for us. They got black bears, which I also got in my garbage about once a week. The train ride, though, relies a little too much on them filler animals that all look like something crossed with a goat, like llamas, which are just horse goats, or gnus, which are cow goats, or tapers, which are like a cross between pigs and elephants, or pigophants, if you will. Maybe don't bring that up, though. Probably traumatize the little kids. Our reading for today is Zechariah 10:1 through 11:17, Revelation 18:1 through 24, Psalm 146, 1 through 10, and Proverbs 30, verse 33. So if y'all are ready, they also got an alligator they dress up in a vest. They call him an investigator. Hey, they can't all be winners, y'all. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday, on the 26th, in the Old Testament, we read Zechariah 9, 1-17. And that starts out, The burden of the word of the Lord in the land of Hadrach and Damascus shall be the rest thereof, when the eyes of man, as of all the tribes of Israel, shall be toward the Lord. Or it could be translated, it shall rest upon Damascus, that is, the burden of the word of the Lord. Damascus shall, in particular, be afflicted with the judgment that he's threatening right now. And they don't know for sure where Hadrach was, but it's obviously in Syria somewhere. And that part about the eyes of man on the Lord could also be translated, for the eyes of the Lord are upon man as well as upon the tribes of Israel. doesn't change the meaning much, because either man is calling out to God in judgment, or God is looking at the heathen to judge them. Whatever, there's a bad moon on the rise. In verse 2, the same goes for Hamath and Tyre and Sidon. And he talks about how Tyre and Sidon have this rep for being smart and wealthy and powerful, but none of that's going to help. Because behold, the Lord will cast her out, and he will smite her power in the sea, and she shall be devoured with fire. Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, Ashdod, and the Philistines are getting lined up for theirs too. And some scholars think this prophecy is all about Alexander's conquest. But there's some hints at the end times too, when God will encamp about mine house and no oppressor shall pass through them anymore. But the next verse is a prophecy of the first coming, 
where it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon the colt the foal of an ass, which is exactly what he did. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen, and his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth. And some of that is sort of what happened, and some not really not yet. He did speak peace, but nobody has really done away with the military yet. And his kingdom is kind of worldwide, but not officially, not yet. But that's coming. So Z's mixing up his tenses. But God often talks like this, covering thousands of years in one sentence. Because far as he's concerned, it's all already happened. Then it says, As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water. So by the blood of the covenant, by the blood of the Messiah, obviously. And some commentaries say, the prisoners refers to their time in Egypt. But I say that refers to when Jesus went to hell and freed the Jews from what they call the bosom of Abraham, which is next door to hell, sort of. And verse 13 mentions Greece directly. So Alexander's coming. But he finishes by promising goodness and prosperity, which, you know, sit tight, it's coming. God wants his people to know and to understand what's going on and be prepared for what's coming. It's in great detail for those that have ears to hear that will mix faith with what they hear. And for those that don't, they won't have a clue what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's all deliberate. But in the New Testament, we read Revelation 17, 1 through 18, which is about the great whore. Remember that woman a few chapters ago that gave birth to the man-child and was protected in the wilderness? This ain't her. Verse yeah. 1, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither. I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. And water sounds to me like a reference to the sea, meaning everybody but the faithful Jews. Because the next thing he says is, With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So all the rulers and nations, basically. And the word fornication really refers to idol worship, and it implies infidelity as well as false affection like they don't really believe what they're worshiping, which I guarantee you is true about the majority of religious people today. I've just met too many not to believe that. And the Church of Satan says they don't really even believe Satan exists, that he's just a representation of something, I don't know. But they're in for a rude awakening. And look up the Wikipedia article on the Jedi census phenomenon, which will tell you how many thousands of people around the world claim to be Jedi on their census which basically means they worship a stupid sci-fi movie. But then most people worship their screens in one way or another. And at least these Jedi fools are honest about it. I think they're making fun of the census. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Just to give them another special set of well, please. Actually, what it is, is there was a movement to get all the New Agers and Satanists to claim Jedi on the census to make them not look so bad. That's what's going on there. But anyway, verse 3, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Okay, so seven heads and ten horns, we've already established this represents the political system, as well as the leader of it. And I maintain that this beast has been running things since Adam handed it over to him. He's just not at this stage yet. He's held back by God. And verse 4, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, 
having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And notice that purple is the color of royalty, especially in the Roman Empire, which most people say is what this is. And because the color scarlet is the official thematic color of the Vatican, some people interpret this to mean that when the beast coerces everybody to worship him, that the Roman Catholic Church is the leader of all that. And I say probably, because the way this is going to happen is, all organized church bureaucracies are going to happily sign on with the beast. I mean, why wouldn't they? And it'll only be factions within these groups that hold out, not the other way around. And note that the woman rides the beast. She's not the beast. She's not the Antichrist. She's just supported by it. So all them who say that the Pope is the Antichrist, I'm going to say probably not. And the golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication, read that to be state religion. And America has many, none of which are Christianity or Judaism. At this particular time in our history, you could say that the elites are basically telling us that for the state so loved the world, it gave us Dr. Fauci, so that all who believe in the mask mandate might have everlasting life. And there's zealots out there that are apparently willing to kill us over it. But there's a bunch of denominations of the state religion, though, and they all have their zealots, like the Church of Infinite Genders but No Sexual Differences. Try denying that one and see if you don't get excommunicated from social media, or your job, or get your kid taken from you for refusing hormone blockers, because that's been happening, or refuse to accept BLM into your heart, and you might get murdered. You see what I'm getting at? There's plenty more denominations in the state religion, like the Prius drivers or the sacrament of abortion, but y'all get the picture. Anyway, verse 5, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And people always want to call it Mystery Babylon, but there's a comma there, so they're separate ideas. And harlots is plural, indicating all the false religions, including all the ones that masquerade as Christianity. Verse 6, And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And admiration is probably better translated awe or astonishment, but, you know, King James language. Anyway, she's murderous, which again makes people think she's the Catholic Church, because the Catholic Church has murdered more Christians than any other group. And some think this is why John was surprised at the woman, because you'd expect Rome to kill us, but the Catholics not so much. Of course, I've met people, so I'm surprised we don't kill each other more often, but whatever. Verse 7, And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. Okay, so the angel's going to explain some things. Verse 80 says, The beast that thou sawest was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. So it was, then it wasn't, now it's back. So Roman Empire maybe, like in Daniel. But only they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, are the ones that are going to see it. Notice the foundation of the world line. We were chosen before the world even existed, meaning these guys weren't. And I wonder why. Is it because we do the choosing ourselves? I don't know. But verse 9, And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. So mountains in prophecy, they represent government. 
and the heads are the kings, or kingdoms, it's the same word. And some say the seven kingdoms are countries that exist at this time, and they all team up. And others say they represent Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, and then Rome phase two, like in what Daniel says. And five are fallen, and one is, namely Rome phase one, which is who was in charge in John's day. And then one is still to come, basically Rome phase two. But the beast is the eighth kingdom, and he comes out of these seven. He rises up out of the revised Roman Empire and takes over. And when we say Roman Empire, don't forget, it wasn't just Europe. It spread all over the Middle East and Turkey. And that half survived up until Columbus was born. Which still blows my mind. The Roman Empire fell and immediately America comes on the scene. And that's more than a little disconcerting. Anyway, he might not be European, is my point. He might be from Iran or Iraq or from Turkey, as Walid Shubat thinks. And Missler thinks he'll be an Assyrian, because that's the only kingdom on this list that never re-emerged after the Roman Empire fell. In verse 12, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. And this is why some think it's ten existing countries that team up. But the text doesn't say that. It says they have no kingdom as of yet. So it sounds like these are guys that the beast puts in charge himself for an hour. Maybe not a literal hour, maybe that just means a specific time period, but whatever. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. And verse 14, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. That's us. We're the cheering section. Verse 15, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. See, I told you. (laughs) And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So the world turns on the harlot church. And I don't know why, except other than God says so. Because in verse 17 he says, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And verse 18, The woman which thou sawest is that great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. And reigneth is present tense. So that makes some people think that refers to Rome and that the Vatican ruled over these kings. And that does kind of define the entire history of Europe during the Middle Ages. And currently, the Vatican is its own sovereign country right there in the middle of Rome. But others say Babylon fits that better because it's the one that will rule eventually. I don't know. Y'all figure it out. Of course, the Pope does call himself the Vicar of Christ, which means in place of Christ which is what the prefix anti means, so that's disturbing. But don't go too far down this road, or you'll end up missing the point. When the beast takes over, yes, the Catholic Church will go along with him, but so will the Baptists, and the Methodists, and the Muslims, and the Sikhs. He's done set himself above all that is called God. And why wouldn't they? The Church is already gone, probably, or it's in hiding in Petra, if you're a post-tribber. Either way, we're not part of this. So of course the Baptists and the Catholics are part of this. And what I'm getting at is, being a Catholic and a Christian are not the same thing. Neither is being a Baptist and a Christian. Those are religions, and Christianity is a faith. They're not mutually exclusive, but they're different things. Religions are what we do. Christianity is what God did. And and depending on which one of those you put your faith in is going to determine how all this plays out for you. And notice how Satan just counterfeits everything God does. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 145, 1 through 21. 
and that's titled David's Psalm of Praise. And that bout sums this up. He says, Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. He praises him for both his wondrous works and his terrible acts. It's ultimate mercy and ultimate justice. So think about that for a while. Then he quotes the lyrics of that song I like so much. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. If you've never heard it, if I remember, I'll post it to Facebook later. It's basically the same chords and intro as Yellow Better by Pearl Jam, but I like this one way better. Anyway, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. He's standing right there which may be more true than we realize when you factor in the multidimensional universe. In higher dimensions that we can perceive, he could be all around us and in us and above us and through us, and we'd never even know it. And that that's scriptural. In him, we move, we live, and have our being. I can't remember where that quote is in the New Testament. Anyway, this psalm, yeah, how simple is that? The Lord is near to those that call on him. I mean, why wouldn't you praise him every day? Yeah, amen. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 30, verse 32. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting thyself up, talking about pride, or if thou hast thought evil, everything else and pride, then lay thy hand upon thy mouth. Just shut up. Don't act on it is the bigger idea, which starts with talking about it. Generally, the less you talk, the better off you'll be. Even if you are really better than everybody else, it's best just to not bring that up. You know, and I just want to say our mouth shows us and everybody listening what's in our heart in abundance. Better to keep silent and appear stupid than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 27th is Zechariah 10, 1 through eleven seventeen. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. For the idols have spoken vanity, and the diviners have seen a lie, and have told false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore they went their way as a flock. They were troubled, because there was no shepherd. Mine anger was kindled against the shepherds, and I punished the goats. For the Lord of hosts hath visited his flock, the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. Out of him came forth the corner, out of him the nail, out of him the battle bow, out of him every oppressor together. And they shall be as mighty men, which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. And they shall fight because the Lord is with them. And the riders on horses shall be confounded. And I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph. And I will bring them again to place them, for I have mercy upon them. And they shall be as though I had not cast them off, for I am the Lord their God, and will hear them. And they of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man, and their heart shall rejoice as through wine. Yea, their children shall see it and be glad. Their heart shall rejoice in the Lord. I will hiss for them and gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they shall increase as they have increased. And I will sow them among the people, and they shall remember me in far countries, and they shall live with their children and turn again. I will bring them again also out of the land of Egypt, and gather them out of Assyria. I will bring them into the land of Gilead and Lebanon, and place shall not be found for them. And he shall pass through the sea with affliction, and shall smite the waves in the sea. And all the deeps of the river shall dry up, and the pride of Assyria shall be brought down, and the scepter of Egypt shall depart away. And I will strengthen them in the Lord, and they shall walk up and down in his name, saith the Lord. Chapter 11 Open thy doors, O Lebanon, that the fire may devour thy cedars. Howl, fir tree, for the cedar is fallen, because the mighty are spoiled. 
Howl, O ye oaks of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage is come down. There is a voice of the howling of the shepherds, for their glory is spoiled. A voice of the roaring of young lions, for the pride of Jordan is spoiled. Thus saith the Lord my God, Feed the flock of the slaughter, whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. And they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. And their own shepherds pity them not. For I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. But lo, I will deliver the men every one into his neighbor's hand, and into the hand of his king. And they shall smite the land, and out of their hand I will not deliver them. And I will feed the flock of slaughter, even you, O poor of the flock. And I took unto me two staves, the one I called beauty, and the other I called bands, and I fed the flock. Three shepherds also I cut off in one month, and my soul loathed them, and their soul also abhorred me. Then said I, I will not feed you. That that dieth, let it die. And that that is to be cut off, let it be cut off. And let the rest eat every one the flesh of another. And I took my staff, even beauty, and cut it asunder, that it might break my covenant which I had made with all the people. And it was broken in that day, and so the poor of the flock that waited upon me knew that it was the word of the Lord. And I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was prized at of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver, and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Then I cut asunder mine other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. And the Lord said unto me, Take unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that be cut off. Neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that that is broken, nor feed that that standeth still. But he shall eat the flesh of the fat, and tear their claws in pieces. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. Our reading in the New Testament for December 27th is Revelation 18, 1-24. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven, saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself, and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and live deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her, when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. For no man buyeth their merchandise any more, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thy wood, 
and all manner of vessels of ivory, and all manner of vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, and iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men, and the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught, and every shipmaster, and all the company and ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off, and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads, and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone, and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. Our reading in Psalms for December 27th is Psalm 146, 1 through 10. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth for ever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. And our reading in Proverbs for December 27th is Proverbs 30, verse 33. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. And that's got it for the 27th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on trusting in the Lord. Because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, most of us are terrible at living our own lives. Leaning on our own understanding often does little more than get us in trouble. As perilous as this new year may turn out to be, 
we know that we may trust you with all our hearts. And if we lean on you instead and listen for your still small voice, you will guide us down the straight path to wherever it is we can serve you best. Thank you, Father, for helping us to acknowledge you in all our ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squaw and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you ain't going to make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And it says the Church of Stan. I know. (laughs) That messed me up for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Stan worshipers. I hate that. (laughs) Well, they don't really believe in Stan. (laughs) Okay, enough. Now I can't do it. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll still know. It won't matter. I'll still see it and it'll say Stan. To me. I am the great Stan. Fear, bow before me. <laughs> Shut up, Stan. Nobody cares what you think. Stan. <laughs> okay. <laughs>